Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Welcome to Exploring Missions, connecting mission needs with those equipped by God to meet those needs across the world or across town. And now the host of Exploring Missions, Bert Harper. Across town or across the country, next door neighbor or who, it may be the next door country. Uh, America touches Canada and we touch Mexico and uh, they're our neighbors. We hear a lot about the trade agreements and a lot of the mission organizations, they include, it just says, North America. And so we're here today to talk about loving your neighbor, I guess you would say internationally or nationally, Nathan? Yeah. Neighbor can mean a lot of different things, can mean a lot of different people. So we want to, um, we want to look at it biblically, and we don't want to leave off anyone that God is calling us to love, calling us to serve, calling us to uh, share the gospel with. We don't want to leave anybody out of that command. And, you know, Jesus had a whole <laughs> a whole story concerning loving your neighbor. Who is my neighbor? But when they live next door, there's no denying it. Or when the country is next door, I don't think there's no exception. And with Mexico, there's so much going on there. And we have in our interview today a family that has made a difference in our southern neighbors on the south border of the United States of Mexico. Now, we know a lot of difficulties going on there. We hear yep. it in the news all the time. On either side of the border, it is difficult. But we have a lot of people who listen to us that do make that trek south, and they're ministering there, trying to make a difference. I shouldn't say trying. They are making a difference. And so... Uh, loving your neighbor is important in every way and to be neighborly. So if you've got something that's worth sharing, you ought to go share it with them. And the gospel is worth sharing, isn't it? It is. You know, the uh, I guess the Bible scholar, the expert, as it says in uh, Luke chapter 10, who wanted to justify himself to Jesus. When Jesus said, hey, the greatest command is to love God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. So he said, well, who's my neighbor? And we can have an attitude like that of saying, I know I'm responsible to do some things, to love people, to uh, serve people, to share the gospel with people. We know we have some responsibility there, but we can justify ourselves in our own minds we, you know, with the wrong attitude of, of trying to limit that. But I really believe what Je- the story that Jesus told of, the, of what we call the Good Samaritan kind of shows us that when we see need, when we see someone that's lonely, someone that needs serving, someone that is without access to the gospel, that's not only in our, in our invitation to go to them, but it's our responsibility to uh, love them as our neighbor. So when you see need, when you hear of need, that's a responsibility the church has to go to those places. And uh, it's really great when we meet someone who has actively obeyed that command to love their neighbor as themselves. So you're, you're agreeing with James. It's not enough to say, 
Go your way. Be full. Be fed. Be clothed. And be happy about it. You got to do something about it. Yeah, there's a responsibility as you know, as followers of Jesus, as the church, and ignoring it, we're disobeying that primary command. And here's the thing: the way we show we love God is how we love our neighbor. I believe Jesus ties those together. That's why it's the first and second command, and it's like the you know the second is like the first. We show our love for God by how we love our neighbors. And today you're going to hear about a story about a family moved by God to love their neighbor and the difference they're making in the lives of people. And that is what the gospel's about. It is a changed life. Our guests are the Flemings, and we'll give you a little bit more of that, a father and son. Tim, you've been with us before. Yes, yes, I have. It's been a privilege to come back. Yeah, it is good. We love to have follow-ups, you know, to see what God's doing and introducing people that may have missed it the first time. But you're in Mexico. What part of Mexico, Tim? Uh, we're, our base is in the northeast part of a, in Allende, Nuevo León, about an hour south of Monterey, Mexico. Okay. And you've been there 20 years? That's right. Okay. And you're a second-generation missionary there. That's right, I am. Your dad, Wayne? That's right. Uh, He went there about 45 years ago. 45 years ago. That's right. God just led him there, right? He sure did. And now you've been there serving. Did you come home and then go back? Yes, I did. came to the States, finished high school and college, got married, and and then about uh, 20 years ago, God led me back that way. So did you raise your family there? Uh, yes, uh, my my daughter was ten at the time. Uh, Jeremy here this with us this morning. He was twelve, and my oldest son was fourteen. Okay, so they they're they're invested in the ministry now. They sure are. They're involved in every every way. Okay, so it is a going back to the '60s television. It's a family affair. That's huh? right. <laughs> okay, well, it is good to have you again, and with you. you is your son Jeremy. Jeremy, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. It's good to be here. Thank and you weren't with us the last time. I was not. This is my first time. But we heard about you. (laughs) (laughs) Hope it was good stuff. (laughs) It was. Uh, You get two fathers and grandfathers together, Mm -hmm. your children and your grandchildren are just going to come up in the conversation. Mm -hmm. It's it's part of what we do, and uh, we praise the Lord for it. Well, okay, you were there. You went as a 12-year-old boy. Yes, right. Do you remember that transition? Oh, I do. (laughs) Had you visited off and on before, or was it just the first time you went to you stayed or had so, you been there? Since my grandparents had already been there for many years, and my dad uh, was a math teacher for several years. So he got summers off. So we would, we when I was younger, we did go down during the summer, spend four, five, six weeks there. So I, I did have some exposure to, to being down there as a child. It was, it's very different going into, as a te- in your teenage years. You yeah, know. I, I was going to say a lot of, a lot of mission agencies really don't like that when you've got a 14-year-old and a 12-year-old. 10-year-old, okay, but a 12-year-old and 14-year-old, was it difficult? At first, it was great. You know, it's, a, it's an adventure. Got to see my grandparents. There were some cousins that were actually there for a short amount of time that are right around our age, so it was, it was a whole lot of fun. But after about six months, they left, and the newness wore off. And it did, uh, I did start going through a, a pretty tough time. It took me a long time to learn the language. I, I was a pretty social kid, and we were living in a very small village, about 300 people. 
I was being homeschooled at the time. Of course, I couldn't understand. I couldn't go to a, a school in the area. So it was about two, three years, kind of a hard process for me before I finally did pick up the language. I was able to socialize a little bit more and actually make some friends. You know? Okay. Uh, this is the reason many times people want the language learned mm-hmm. before. That's it's right. tough going and learning at the same time. Yes, right. I, I, let's, let's, I want to really cut through this and make sure you see why some agencies say, hey, let's, let's put it on hold till your child either graduates mm-hmm. or do it before they get 12 or 11 years old. Uh, they are, and there are situations more difficult than there would be in Mexico where you guys That's were. Right, I when, so. so so it's it's one of those things that when this happens, the past, the 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 father and mother have to seek the Lord and say, Okay, God, is this you? That's right. Do I need to wait or is it now? You know, and That's those right. are those are things people need to pray for missionaries about, isn't it? Oh, very much so. We they definitely need the the prayers. They do. And uh so you were there, and now you're part of in the in the ministries called Missions Ministry Incorporated Missions Mexico Missions Ministries. That's right, mm-hmm. Mexico. Mexico Missions Ministry. And you said it had expanded from that village of three hundred. Yes. And uh-huh. we talked about that the last time. Remind right. us and remind me of how it's expanded in these last last years. Okay. Well. Um there were in several ways uh, my parents were able to help uh, many pastors that had graduated from Bible schools to get started in churches. And so about 13 churches were planted. And then uh, since we've been there in the last 20 years, we've been able to plant the church in the end where is now where our base operations are. And then uh, we started a church about 12 hours south in, in Martinez de la Torre Veracruz. And then another about six hours southwest in Fresnillo, Zacatecas. And uh, our church in Allende has now, several churches have come out of that one uh, close around us, a couple of them. And then we're getting ready to start another church in the city of Montemorelos, which is only about 20 minutes away. Th- those churches plus a center of operations and a Bible Institute. And, oh, and I uh, can't forget our children's home. Yeah, uh, God's children's home. That yeah, too. Yeah. yeah. Well, let me ask, let's, let's talk about all three of those, if you would. Okay. On the church plants, are you guys doing the preaching, or do you found an indigenous pastor, or is it a combination? How's that working? Yes. So in Allende, for the past six years, I have been pastoring the, the church in Allende, and I preach, I would say, about 70% of the time. And uh, you don't need a, a translator any longer? No, sir. No. no. Okay. I, you I got it. You, you, have, you have crafted the language then. Okay. I, I've only preached in English about six times. Oh, wow. <laughs> so uh, I, I preach about 70% of the time there, but we, uh, we do have a campus pastor there now that we just recently ordained him about a month ago. And he, so he's going to be our, our campus pastor there. He's also, he's been for many years serving there. He got saved in our church, grew up basically the, the discipled, and uh, now he's the pastor of the church, which is, uh, we, we think it's just, it's great. And he's doing a really good job starting off. So he's, he's one of the, he has been uh, one of our preachers uh, there on campus. And we have another a communicator that's also there, which he was here on the program last year when you did it, Hobe. Yes, yes, uh, yes, he's, yes. He's, he's also uh, participates, and 
And uh, I do invite my dad to be good. You, you trust him with a pulpit every once in a while? I do. I mean, he always makes me look a little bad, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Talks about things I did when I was a kid. Uh, we, that's part of the territory, I'm yeah. telling you. Yeah. yeah. We wouldn't have a lot of material for one for you guys. Right. <laughs> <laughs> also, the children and grandchildren supply a little bit of information that's as right. it, to them. Uh-huh. it just comes. So the church plants, mm-hmm. the one you're be- – uh, about to start, yes. right. tell me the process of how that happens. Do you have a uh, Bible study group going, or do you just have a group of believers? And they tell us about, in a capsule form, the process of finding the location and getting it launched. Okay. Well, uh, so the the campus that we're that, that we're going to be starting soon, the church we're going to be starting soon, is going to be a little bit different than the other two or three I say that we started, because it's going to be a lot closer. So the the ones the campus or the church we started in Martinez de la Torre Veracruz and in Fresno Zacatecas it was basically we sent a pastor and his family and some people to work with him to uh, start working over there we we heard of a need there was a, a group of people we went down to visit uh, and do some mission work down there we got in contact with with some people that were there and the the Lord burdened at the time Hob uh, Gaitan he was. Yeah. Burden his heart to go down there and and start a church, so he did. And that 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 process was there was a group of people. And he just went down there and they started meeting. And there, uh, it, so it wasn't starting completely from zero. There was a small. Yeah. I mean, it was a small group of I don't know, maybe fifteen, twenty yeah. people or so. And they they built on on top of that. Amen. And and now it's are, are you do they have a location where they meet regularly? Is it in a they do building church or is it a do you rent? What What's the process of the location? I just wondered yeah, yeah. about that. Uh, we we actually are in a really good location in the city, and we do own the the, the, okay. the facilities there. Okay, mm-hmm. fantastic. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that is starting when you think the date would be. No, that that church already has started. So okay. that's the one that that is it's been around for several years. Now. Okay, the next campus that we are yeah. going to be starting yes. it's going to be about twenty minutes from us. Okay. So the process is going to be very different. Uh, in the aspect that we'll we'll be able to help a whole lot with the with the launch of the church. Okay. So we're planning on sending a team of around forty people from our congregation to you know, to commit to going there for at least a year. Yes. To run all the all the ministry and and just. So that's discipleship mentoring while you're mm-hmm. doing that as well. Exactly. What an idea! Mm-hmm. Uh, and it really gives a, a nucleus to mm-hmm. begin with, and. It, also gives you the people that can help disciple those that That's are right. there and those that will come. Yes, definitely. And and it's it's um uh just so it our our past or our our um kind of our the the reasoning behind this is uh, we know how hard it is to start from zero. We we've done it several times. And if you send if we send like we did far off, it's it's really hard. I mean, it's a twelve hour drive. Uh, and there's no the closest airport is around four hours from where that church is in Martinez, for example. So uh, it's it's hard to just go and encourage even. It, right. It's it's a challenge to, to do that. So when we start this next churches that we plan on starting, we want to do them a little bit closer so that they'll have that support, that base support, because we can go and encourage, we can go and preach for them, we can invite them to come over, help them with different things, just do things together as a church. Okay. There's people that are listening and they can't stay the whole time if they are interested and they want to know more about Mexico Missions Ministries. You have a website, right? That's right. 
And you go to our Facebook page or our website page and uh, get information on uh, how to get involved, how to, how to help, what's going on. Uh, we try to send, uh, we post up our thank you letters and our mission letters on those sites. And uh, so, yes, and there's uh, contact information on both of those, of course, for emails or phone, whatever. The website is www.mxmissions.com, all lowercase. That's right. That's the website. And uh, that's here. That's an awesome way to do it. And if you've heard it and you can't stay for the rest of the time, uh, they have that. I want to talk about also the Bible Institute. Tell uh-huh. me about that. How, how long has it been going and what's happening? How many are part of that? Well, years ago, we had an, an institute my dad had started for interns, but we had to stop doing that for several reasons. First of all, the location, the area, it's hard to get people there and continue. But, uh, but uh, so we started what now is the Layman's Institute because there were so many people that couldn't go because they're already married by the time they got saved and with family. And so they just couldn't drop everything, go to Bible Institute. So we have uh, in our churches now, we started. Uh, classes. It's kind of like what we would consider probably first-year classes in Bible Institute. Right. So we have about 120 uh, laymen that are taking those Amen. classes right now. And from there, we hopefully, in the next year or so, be able to start our internship for those younger, maybe the maybe some of the youth from our Dual track yes, type exactly. situation. And uh, so we can get some on track a little more, a yeah. little faster, you know. Yeah. Through that, because if we're going to reach the goal that we have as a as a missions, we uh, we're going to have to train leaders. Right, and uh, that has been. Uh, I went to a missions conference, and they were talking about what was taken had taken place in Central America, South America, and especially Africa and some of Asia. Said what was lacking early on was what you were talking about. And that is training the leaders. That's right. And uh, that is so vital. The Apostle Paul, on his missionary journey, he took these guys with him. With him. That's right. But he would leave them there for a while while they trained the leaders. Paul would move on. Paul was a church yeah. planter. That's right. I mean, he went, he sp- most he spent anywhere was Ephesus three years, but he was moving on. But he would leave these guys, I mean, Timothy yeah. and Titus, he would leave them there to help them grow hmm. and, uh, and and develop them. That's, That's so right. important. That's right. And a church, if you don't do that, church kind of is left floundering, you yeah, know. That's and, right, it is. And so appreciate you doing that. At 120 right now. That's right. Amen, brother. That's good. Well, tell us about the children and uh, what uh, that's the heart of Jesus said, suffer the little children. Don't hinder those children. Let them come to me. That's right. Uh, have you ever noticed the scripture? It says we as adults have to become as little children in order to be saved. Right. So children mm-hmm. usually just come to Christ. They don't have any trouble with the issue of believing. It's that lifelong commitment. I mean, or surrender, whatever That's right. you want to put in that word, but it's following Christ. Yes. And, uh, it's not hard to get children to love Jesus, is That's it? That's right. And once you do, you need to follow through. But tell us about the ministry there. Yes, well, we work with uh, what would be, I guess, in the United States, the CPS. Uh, so Mexico is the DIF, the DIF. And, uh, and they limit you a lot on what you can do. But right now we have about 40-something kids, uh, about 41 kids in the, in the children's home. And their goal, of course, and it's a good goal, is try to get them back in the family as soon as possible. 
However, as you know, most of the problems kids suffer and the abuse they receive is through family members, you know, lost family members. And so uh, sometimes they're not able to get them back in the homes. And so we're able to keep some of them for, for years all through their, uh, till they grow up. And uh, we've had many now who've already finished high school, some even college, and now married in families of their own that have come through the children's home in the last 20 years. But uh, what we're really excited about is Mexico is, is beginning to let us have uh, Mexico or, or considering the possibility of having people foster children like the program in the States. And um, so we're, our goal is to eventually encourage our church members to take in a, a children and that we can help more of them and they get the more of the attention and what they really need. Yeah. And uh, so as a, as a mom and dad. Do you have house parents there? Yes, we do. We have uh, different house parents right now. They kind of have to do them by ages. Of course, the girls in one house, parents and the boys in the other in different age groups. But uh, we have several house parents there full time uh, with them every day, 24-7. So it's a, you have to be called to it. It is. It is. I heard a report of a mission agency taking care of children in a state, mm-hmm. and they said finding House parents yes. is one of the most difficult situations. You've got to be called to it, and it is a difficult That's task. Right. Yeah, prayerful so, house parents. So if there was someone feeling called uh-huh. to missions and their love for children and their ability to leave, yeah. do they do they have is all of them down there or are they indigenous to there or some of them people that's felt mission called and come to help? So far we haven't had Many in the last year, there have been some that have gone for short spells and, and lived there and, and helped out. Would, uh, could they help for temporary while yes, relief? Yes, it's always great to have any kind of help possible. Maybe in the summer someone could come and just spend time with the kids and love on them and help teach them and maybe even teach them some English or something oh, like man. that. Oh, man, always ready to yeah. <laughs> teach English is a that's second right. language. That's, that's, one right. of the, that's one of the greatest mission points that the missionaries I talk to how just about in every country right. is amazing. Well, one thing more, and then I, I want you to give the information again, mm-hmm. and we want to talk about how we can pray for you, uh, how they can, how if people want to say, man, this is something I want to be a part of and, mm-hmm. and, and share, and we want to give that information as well. But what last thing would you say you would want people to know about what God is doing in Mexico in those churches? Jeremy, is there anything that comes to your mind? God has, has really laid a burden on our heart for integral discipleship. So we really want healthy churches and healthy disciples. I, I believe that obviously the most important thing that somebody can get is, is Jesus. It, it is a, a biblical foundation for their lives. But the discipleship that, that we really are trying, it just, it's, it's integral. So it includes, it, and, and the most important part of the spiritual side, but we we are working with them on on their relationships, on their even their their health, their professional lives, and in, in different areas. So uh, everything that we do at our teaching is very is very integral. And uh, in, in what we're teaching at the Bible Institute in this first uh, that we're we're teaching right now all has to do with its spiritual health and, and growth. Uh, but there are other things that we're going to be adding to it, which is like we we want everybody that goes through our our discipleship program to have a a vision for their life and a mission statement for their life to develop their their personal family values. So that's uh, something that that I'm excited about to to see some of the people that have in this past year 
have gone through that part of a, of the of the work that we do our subship program, and they for the first time these are these are most of them I would say ninety percent of them are first generation Christians, and they're coming a lot of them from some really rough family backgrounds, and they are starting something completely new. Uh, it's a starting point for their for their families. And they're now in their homes that they have a vision statement for their family and, and where they want to go and how they're going to get there. And they have values for the, for their family. And I'm, I'm excited to see how God is changing generations through that. And we really have seen a lot of a lot of that transformation. As you were speaking, I was thinking about, as a matter of fact, it's one of the statements that we use in the ministry that my wife and I are involved in by Ellen Redpath says, no church is any greater than the families because the church is made up of families. That's right. And uh, you start there and you, you develop the families. Guess what's going to happen the church? It's going to get stronger, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Praying that will happen. That's right. Tim, anything you'd like to say before we give the information about what to pray for and how to give? Well, uh, I just want to thank everybody so much for the prayers. It's so needed. We all need wisdom, and we don't know everything, so we need God's wisdom. <laughs> just, <laughs> that doesn't change no matter where you're no matter living, where does you it? Are, oh, right. man. And we just, uh, we're, we're excited. God has called us to this, just like everyone should be excited to the ministry God has called them to do in, in, in their own local church and, and community. So yeah. we pray for them, too. When you get, I used to say gray hair, white hair like me, and you've been pastoring for over 40 years, they think you know it all. And <laughs> and you tell them, no, I don't know it all, but I know the one who does that's, know that's it all. Right. And that's we right. do go to him. And uh, if we ever get to thinking that we are we can drive that truck by ourselves, uh, no. uh, yeah, we're, in, we're in desperate <laughs> need. Well, I know we're praying for you. Pray mm-hmm. for the new church plant, right. especially, mm-hmm. and ask God to do that. Pray for the, the institute, the That's training right. institute, man, mm-hmm. that it has that dual track of training all the believers, That's right. but also for those that have felt yeah. called to a specialized ministry exactly. of pastoring or whatever it might be. So that's yeah. going to be awesome. That's, yeah. I, when you come back in a year or so, we want to hear the update on that yeah. and how it's yeah. going. Thank and then pray for it. those children, the foster care, that's right. uh, that they'd be in the homes. That's uh, right. And that's developing. The, the that government is, developing is right looking now. at that. Exactly. Okay, so we want to be praying for those things. Anything yeah. else to pray for? Well, I I guess that's the main thing. Just like I said, just for wisdom that that God would just raise up leaders. That's the biggest thing needed in Mexico is, is leaders. Oh man. So uh, guess what? Same place here in the United States. That's right. Uh, we got some people who there's a difference in leadership in bossing. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. we got a lot of folks that want to boss, but yeah. le- you know, leadership is that guy that. That you're you're going with them, you know, yeah. training with them. That's so we're right. praying for that, brother. Right. Amen. How can people financially give? Can they go online there? Uh, yes, and, they can, and and either the website or the Facebook page. You can do that, and uh, or just send a check to Mexico Missions Ministries. Uh, the address is twenty five twenty five West Veterans Boulevard. Twenty five twenty five West, West Veterans Boulevard, Palm View, Texas. Palm View, Texas. Seven eight five seven two. Seven eight five. And, and if nothing yeah. else, just a letter to encouragement, saying they're praying for us. That'd be awesome. Amen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the website address is mxmissions.com. Okay, it's mxmissions.com, and it's all lowercase. That's right. Thank you guys for being with us. Thank you for having us. Lord bless Today it's been a joy to have Tim and Jeremy Fleming with us. 
second and third generation of missionaries serving in Mexico. And I pray that that would be your desire, that you'd not just give it to those around the street and those across the world, but how about in your home? Make sure that as you share Christ, that you're sharing with those and the love of God with those in your home. Thank you for listening to Exploring Missions.